Welcome back to another episode of Correct Me If I'm Wrong. As always, I'm your host, Gregory Tyler. I'm here again in beautiful, chilly Seattle. Goodness gracious, has it been cold already? It's like getting down into the 30s at night and then just sitting around in the 40s during the day. And I know just talking about weather isn't super fun or exciting, but it's been brutal. Uh, especially, I don't remember if I mentioned this last week, but I live in a very old, old building. It's got to be at least 100 years old. And we've got these um, old like radiator water heaters or whatever the heck they are. And I'm on the second floor and have absolutely zero control over turning my heat up or down. It has to be done from the apartment under me, which is the girls that are always knocking on the door. So I don't think it's uh, gonna be in my favor to go down there and knock and ask them to turn the heat up. So the war wage is on. I'll have to buy space heaters so I don't freeze to death in my own apartment. But anyways, I'm here um, and I'm doing okay. We'll get into that here in a minute. I'll just jump straight into my rose, bud and thorn. Uh, I actually had a really hard time coming up with a rose for this week because it just felt like absolutely everything was going horribly wrong. Uh, even my dog, I feel like it's out, once the time change comes, my life just drastically declines, probably mostly just from me and me being so bummed that there's no sun out. But even my dog, even Rodrigo, has just been Mr. Mopey Sad Boy, laying around the house, refusing to play. So, maybe that's what it is. But it doesn't change the fact that I was really reaching for a rose. But, I do have one, nonetheless. You always gotta find the good things, right? The silver lining. But my rose this week is that I have finally figured out how to watch every football game. I know to, to some of you, it doesn't sound like a big deal. And it's probably because you have cable and a login to Sunday ticket. But without cable, it'd be a real hassle to find a way to watch every game. But I've done it. I've collected all six of the apps on my TV, as well as logins for those apps. So like Thanos, I am unstoppable when it comes to watching football. I've acquired a Sunday ticket login. I've got a Sling login. I've got an NBC login, an ABC login, um, an NFL Network login. I can't remember what the sixth one is. I might have just said six to uh, make the Thanos joke. But either way, I've got them all. And it really is just so much more relaxing knowing I'll be able to just put on the game whenever I want to instead of like worrying about how I'm going to get it on or like before I was doing a lot of just like seven day trials on stuff, just burning through different emails and just doing everything I could to not pay, which, uh, it, you know, it worked for a while, but it was stressful uh, or like streaming it, trying to go and do like the classic you know, first row sports or whatever your illegal stream preferences. But we all know that those don't 
always work. And even when they do, the quality can sometimes suck. And then I know you like tech bros out there are like, no, dude, my stream is always crystal clear, super crispy. Um, yeah, that's because you're smarter than me and know how to do stuff better than me. So I had to go and acquire all the logins, but now I've got it. Even that's that NFL network. That was a tough one to figure out, but I've got it. And you know, the little things, it's all about the little things. Cause now I can comfortably watch football Monday, Thursday and Sunday with no problem. So I'm happy about that. That's going to make next week better. And yeah so my bud this one was easy uh my bud for this week is thanksgiving i'm really looking forward to thanksgiving it's by far my favorite holiday for for a number of reasons first and foremost this one i feel like we can almost all agree with um i love food plain and simple i love eating it i love cooking it i love smelling it I just love looking at it. Um, but, you know, especially, especially I love Thanksgiving food because it's the only time of the year I eat stuff like stuffing or cranberry sauce, uh, a little green bean casserole. I probably only eat mashed potatoes like one or two other times throughout the year. So I'm pumped for that, too. But. It's just, it's, you know, it's so much, so much different than other holidays for me. Cause you know, I, I know a lot of people that are like, yeah, I love 4th of July, but like, that's just like drinking and barbecues and you can do that like any day in July. And you know, people love Christmas cause you get to see your family and have gifts, but like you also do that on your birthday. And I, I know a lot of people cook the same things for Christmas and Thanksgiving. So if you're one of those people, it's like, but Greg, what about Christmas dinner? Like maybe your family does that, but my family doesn't do it as much. So that's why I get down with Thanksgiving so much, but it's also just the best excuse to overcook and overeat with zero guilt because at Christmas, you're always going to have guilt about spending too much money on gifts for people. And if you don't, you should probably like feel guilty on the other end of that spectrum for like not being great and buying people good gifts. So zero guilt with cooking around Thanksgiving. And I always cook enough to last at least a week. The Thanksgiving just turns into this weird like groundhog day for me where it's just feast after feast after feast until I just can't even stand the thought of eating Thanksgiving food anymore for at least another year and this method works perfectly the only way to do it you just overeat to the point where you don't want to eat it again until next thanksgiving and then by the time it's rolling around you're gonna love it the second reason that i love thanksgiving so much is that i get time off work i mean we all do but see i work at a school so i enjoy many breaks throughout the year but the thing that's best about thanksgiving break is that it marks the start of the holiday season which means extra breaks on the school calendar so not only do i get two days off at thanksgiving at my work the kids aren't there on wednesday so that's basically a day off 
and they have early release on Monday and Tuesday. So that's basically a week of like very little work stress. And then after that, when Christmas rolls around, I get two more weeks off. And when I tell you there's nothing better than looking forward to not going to work, I, I truly believe that. Thinking about and getting excited about not going to work, in my opinion, is actually better than the actual day off. Like the whole last week. I mean, it's sure it, it drags on. It feels forever. But just knowing that you, you don't have to do anything for the next week and you just get to like think about all the stuff you want to do that you're probably going to be like too tired and exhausted to actually do. Like it just, it feels so, so good. And when I say that thinking about this break next week is literally going to get me through the next couple of days. I just, I couldn't mean it anymore. Um, also, if you hear my dog whining, he's absolutely fine. He's just upset because I have him locked in the room with me because if I let him out of the room and I close the door, he'll be, he'll want to come in and be like banging on the door and barking. Um, so he's just unhappy no matter where he is. So if you hear any whines or banging on the door, that is indeed just Rodrigo. My thorn. My thorn for this week was a real doozy. Like, I know sometimes my thorns, I'm, you know, I'm being silly. Uh, you know, it's a bad thing that really wasn't that bad. But this one, this one was, this one was tough. Um, so like I said, I work at a school. That's really all I can say, because if I give out too much information, I'll get in trouble or fired or something. And I guess that would be bad. But anyways, I work one-on-one -on -one with a kid all day. Because there's, you know, some behavior things. Sometimes he has bad days. Most of the time, he's super cool. And it's chill. It's, you know, all rainbows and sunshine most of the time. But then sometimes we descend straight to hell and it becomes all about survival, baby. Like hanging on for dear life. This week, he got mad at me and decided the only solution was for him to just start throwing haymakers in a matter of seconds. He went from talking about video games and Roblox to full-on Iron Mike Tyson. I'm telling you, he hit me with that combo just straight to the dome, and it happened so fast as if he had been training. I've never seen this before. It makes me wonder if he's been at home just working on the heavy bag, like sticking, sticking, jabbing. But he got me good. One in the ear, one in the jaw, and then one just clean to the nose lean to the nose and I thought he you know when you, if you get popped in the nose you, you think your you know your your nose is running or your eyes are what I had all that going on and then I thought we were done after that just cold-blooded combo but after that he had to finish me off with a, just a swift kick to the nuts which was extremely unpleasant because I was still processing just getting punched in the face so it was um, it was, yeah, it was the, the most 
I've ever been beat up at work. Um, I feel like not a lot of people can say that or have that comparison. And like I said, you know, he got me in the nose. So I was like, oh, my eyes are water. My nose is running. So I go to blow my nose and turns out bloody nose. He got me that good beaten and battered. Um, but you know, all, all jokes aside, it was pretty crazy. Um, it's not like super out of character to get hit in my job. Like, you know, a couple times, but this was pretty bad. Um, it was bad enough that my boss told me to go home early for the day and then just bought me a bottle of tequila, which is quite the gesture from someone who is the equivalent to the school principal. So, I mean, that was cool, but also, uh, you know, something went bad when your boss is like, go home early and just have a drink. So that's, that's where I was this week. Um, but you know, this, this fun little story, it also adds to my excitement for Thanksgiving break where there'll be no kids and it'll just be me beating up on a turkey instead of a child beating up on me. So that's just one more reason for me to be excited about Thanksgiving break. And if you haven't guessed by now, which you probably should have, for my history tidbit today, it's going to be Thanksgiving related. Because like I said, I love Thanksgiving. Minus all of the Native American massacres that are associated with it, of course. But still, there's a lot of interesting history and traditions around Thanksgiving. So this week... I wanted to briefly go over the voyage of the Mayflower, as well as some of the more odd Thanksgiving traditions that happen around the U.S. And for any of my international listeners, I'm sorry, and this might just be a very dull and American to you, but just bear with me. We'll get through it, I promise. So, November 19, 1620. The Mayflower and the Pilgrims arrive at Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And the first problem with all of this is that they were in the completely wrong place. They missed Virginia by a whole heck of a lot. So when they got to Cape Cod, they obviously found out very quickly that there wasn't a settlement there um, because, you know, there weren't people. So they actually tried to go and find Virginia for I think it was like two days maybe but the weather was was still just so bad that it really kept them from continuing further down the coast so they just decided you know Cape Cod is better than more time almost dying at sea and so that's how they ended up there but let's rewind a little bit to the actual voyage so I think most of us, we all know the background of why the pilgrims wanted to go to the new world, religious freedom, all of that stuff. So we're not going to go into that. I'm just going to talk about the actual voyage where pretty much nothing was going right for them leading up to the Atlantic crossing. Like they thought their lives sucked under like religious oppression, but it's about to get a whole lot worse for a little bit. They were expecting to leave sometime in July, like the actual voyage to the new world. But the second ship that they were planning to take on the journey 
just kept getting leaks. And I don't know much about boats, but I do know that leaks are bad. Very bad. Probably the worst thing that can happen to a boat. So for over the next two months, this second ship ended up needing to get at least, I think it was at least two more leaks fixed on it. So instead of just continuing to dump money into fixing this, this boat and wasting more time, the group decided to just cut their losses and pack everybody onto the Mayflower and go for it, baby. They're just going to send it and just make the big journey. But like I said, wasting time and resources, the whole time that this second ship was being repaired, everyone was just living on the Mayflower. I don't know what was going on in the 1600s, but it doesn't sound like you could just bop over to a like a hotel. The Holiday Inn wasn't open. So they were just stuck on this boat using up their resources. It's not like they were, I mean, they might've been working, but they weren't at their jobs. They weren't, you know, generating cash flow to restock their stuff. So they're just burning through food and just having an overall bad time being stuck on this boat. Because at this point, the pilgrims had been living on the Mayflower, just in port, waiting for that other ship for about as long as it was going to take them to cross the Atlantic. So that cannot be good for morale. On September 16th, they said, screw it, we're doing it. And the Mayflower set out for the New World with roughly 130 people on board. And that included crew and just everybody. So the Mayflower was by no means a big boat. It was barely even considered fit to make the voyage. Like it was a small cargo boat that just like was running wine, like back and forth somewhere in Europe. So little boat, risky journey, not a good combination. And then to make it worse, all of the passengers had to share one living space, which I'm assuming was basically just a cargo hold that was only about 80 feet by 20 feet, which I believe is around 1,600 square feet, which is not large. If you live in an apartment, you know that's not large. Well, I guess that's not true. My apartment's like 1,000 square feet, but I can't imagine there being 130 people in here. Anyways, um, also... The ceilings were only about five feet tall. That's not going to work for me because I like to be able to stand up. I wake up in the morning, I stretch a little bit, and then I stand up fully straight. I can't be bending over. It's, just, it's not going to work for me. I'm staying. Religious oppression. Sorry. I'm taking it. Um, But luckily for the pilgrims, the first half of their journey went essentially... Uh, as they planned that it would there wasn't any you know huge events or you know horrible weather but as any good story goes things gotta go wrong so the weather changed and they were battling just super rough seas for like the entire second half of this trip so they were getting pounded by waves that were as tall as a hundred feet a hundred feet. So everyone was stuck down in that tiny little cargo living area while this little boat is just getting smacked around by a hundred foot waves. Now, 
I don't know if you realize how high 100 feet is, but I know for me, when I'm at the beach, I steer clear of the water if the waves are five feet high. So I can't even imagine 100 and being stuck on this little rickety boat. And when I'm talking like horrible seas, at one point, the storm was so bad that they couldn't use the sails. Like such a bad storm that the boat just couldn't boat. So they were just drifting around the ocean, stuck in a storm, going who knows where for at least a couple of days, which would explain why they missed Virginia by so much, um, because they couldn't use their sails. Still, they made it. On November 19, they finally sighted Cape Cod, and they did it. They were there. Out of the roughly 130 people, only one person died during the voyage. But there was also a baby that was born. So technically, they didn't lose anybody. They didn't lose anybody or gain anybody. They just, you know, right there, right? They landed with what they left with. So, uh, yeah, and that was it. The, you know, the rest is, is history. And one year and many massacres later, the pilgrims celebrated... Their one year in the new world and their fall harvest with the first Thanksgiving. Um, and now, a hundred years later, hundred years, hundreds of years, jeez, <laughs> the pilgrims came a hundred years ago, if only. But um, hundreds of years later, Thanksgiving has really taken on a new meaning, and of course, many new traditions. Because I feel like Thanksgiving is one of those, also Christmas, I guess, one of those uh, holidays where everybody kind of has their own uh, their own twist on it and their own tradition. Like for me, my family, we would always order Chinese food the day after Thanksgiving. I honestly have no idea why. It's just something we've done since I was a kid. And it's just what we do. But that's nothing compared to some of these other much more odd turkey day traditions so here we go <laughs> this one this might be my favorite one because this is close to home in indianapolis indiana there is a tradition called the turkey toss where you know first thought how crazy could that be how crazy could a turkey toss be well let me tell you the tradition is to put a turkey in a onesie and the only onesie that's going to fit on a turkey is one that is designed for a baby. So a baby onesie on a turkey. Cover it in, of course, lighter fluid. Light that bad boy on fire and then throw it the length of a football field. Why, you ask? Because it's the Midwest and we love fire and anything football related. Now that is a weird tradition that I could get behind. Next up. We have frozen turkey bowling. This is a tradition in Wisconsin where they oil up a frozen bird and launch it down a grocery store aisle at some bowling pins. And I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't dive in too deep on this, but um, somehow they make money and all of it is donated to foundations that are trying to get people to stop smoking. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack here, and we just don't have the time for that. So, moving on. Next is one uh, that we 
are all familiar with now, the presidential turkey presentation. So this is the presidential turkey pardon. And it started in 1947 with the Truman administration, where several turkeys were presented to the president. Um, and this is interesting because at first, the presidents would just eat the turkeys. There was nothing to do with pardoning. There was actually no pardoning. I think it was like three or four presidents that were just eating these turkeys. Uh, and Ronald Reagan was actually the first to pardon one of the turkeys. And then in 88, I believe it was, George H.W. made turkey pardoning a national tradition. Because why not pardon one of the 10 plus turkeys you're going to eat? It's always good to show at least 10% mercy. Anyways, lastly and worstly, we have Black Friday. What is there to even say about Black Friday except that it sucks and the discounts aren't nearly as good as what people think? I don't even understand why this is still a tradition considering we have the internet. Why does anyone want to wake up at four in the morning? But even that, it's like evolved. Like Black Friday, I'm already seeing ads for Black Friday. Like it's just, it's gone too far. I'm over it. And any tradition that has people like literally dying in a Walmart next to the discount DVD bins, it's gotta go. Like, come on, cancel culture. Do your thing. Let's come together and we can get we can get Black Friday. This one will be easy. So let's just let's just do it. Let's just make it happen. But anyways, those are some of the more odd Thanksgiving traditions. There's so many more too. If you got some time to kill, you know, you want to waste some time at work, Google weird Thanksgiving traditions or just holiday traditions. You'll You'll find some interesting stuff, I, I promise. So next, we gotta talk about some shoes. Last week we had uh, the infamous Crocs. And this week, I wanted to bring another pair of iconic shoes into the ring. Air Force Ones, baby. One of, if not the most iconic Nikes. The Air Force Ones were the first shoe within Nike to have the Nike Air technology, which is a big deal. And these shoes have a long, rich history and a look that can work for pretty much anyone. You know, from sorority girls wearing the all whites to the shiny and one short wearing, value every time you take a shot when you're playing pickup guy, wearing the all black forces. There's just so many options there's so many ways to wear them. Um, and at this point, there's just so many iterations of them. There's actually a pair coming out this week. They might have already dropped. They got like some crystals on them. They look wild. And then, you know, you've got the off-white forces. There's there's just so many. You can make full-on custom ones on Nike.com. It's, you know, there's, there's a style in there for really everyone. Um, it's one of the most copied shoes in history too. I know Nike is almost constantly suing people over uh, Air Force One lookalikes, but they're, you know, an iconic shoe that definitely deserve a spot in, uh, 
in everyone's collection. So I'm going to go with 8 out of 10 for the Air Force Ones. Mostly just out of versatility. They're not flashy, and that's the point. You just throw them on, and they always look good. So if you don't have a pair, go get a pair. Movies. I had a pretty pretty crazy week, as you heard from me uh, getting beat up earlier. So I actually watched way less TV than I typically would, which is probably a good thing for my eyes and my brain, but it's not super great when it comes to making a podcast where I promised I would talk about movies. But I made it work. Luckily, I got lucky. I had just enough time to get a movie in before I, uh, before I did this. So I got three things to talk about. The last one is the best one. So just push through with me. It'll be worth it. Because the first one, um, no one's going to like it. But it's what I watched. So here we are. First thing was Star Wars The Force Awakens. I know. I know. It's not a well-liked movie. Uh, by Star Wars fans. You know, the, the diehard fans don't like it. Uh, just the casual fans, objectively... It's not the greatest movie, but here's my disclaimer. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I always have been, always will be. So when they announced that they were going to be making new movies, I told myself that there's no way I can compare them to the old ones because they're never going to be as good. Totally different time, totally different era. I just have to stay away from that or else, you know, there's no way I'm going to be able to to enjoy them so i told myself like i said yeah don't compare them and just take it for what it is so it worked fairly well for the force awakens um this methodology this method of thinking didn't work out too well for the last jedi and the rise of skywalker because those were just tough to get through like star wars or not but the Force Awakens, it did okay, and it had it had potential. So for me, I think the Force Awakens got worse after the other ones came out because you're like, man, like where did they take this? But overall, I like the Force Awakens. David Ridley was great. Adam Driver is that dude, even though Kylo Ren just turns out to be a sad boy in like high waisted pants. Um, not to mention the return of Harrison Ford. Come on now. If you didn't love that, then nostalgia has no effect on you and you hate everything. Um, also, um, oh, who is it that plays Maz Katana? Lupita? Nyong'o, is that her name? Yeah, 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 Lupita. Um, she was great. Uh, Maz is such a fun classic star wars character and then i love lupita and everything else she's been in i mean she's in um black panther um us yeah she's great but unfortunately there's one thing about her that um that i don't like actually it has nothing to do with her directly but there was this dude that I went to college with. They had a dog named Lupita that was his service dog. And he would always use this dog to like hit on girls. 
in the most inappropriate times. And like he would be bringing this dog in the cafeteria and she'd be like eating people's food. And it just sucks now that this great actress is forever linked in my mind to the worst behaved service dog I've ever seen. Um, but that's not her fault. So I can still love her and just hate that dog. <laughs> but anyways, before I give this movie a rating, I know I have to check my extreme Star Wars bias. So here we go. Force Awakens. A fun, true-to-form Star Wars movie. But overall, not great. Five out of ten. And I know some people are still going to say that's too high. But that's what I'm giving it. So watch it. Don't watch it. You've already probably seen it. But moving on. Um, Next up, this one kind of just got thrown on as an honorable mention. Because I've only gotten to watch two episodes of it. But, and I might have talked about it on another podcast, but the, the Dexter New Blood has come out on Showtime. If you're a huge fan of Dexter, uh, go check it out. It feels the exact same uh, in a good way. Like, it doesn't feel like a completely different thing. It's like a nice pickup, different location. Um, and it's, you know, it's going to get gory. It's going to be silly. So if you're into Dexter, go check out Dexter New Blood. Now... The best for last. And I promise this one won't disappoint. I watched King Richard. The day it came out. And this is one going into. I had absolutely no concerns for. Um, I'm an absolute sucker for a good motivational sports success story. You know, remember the Titans, Glory Road, Coach Carter. I'm here for all of them. So... Even if King Richard was, you know, quote unquote, not good, I knew I was going to love it regardless. So that's just a good feeling going into a movie with. And if you aren't familiar with the movie, it's the story of Venus and Serena Williams and how their father helped just will their success into existence. Just... I mean, obviously there were incredible talents, but this man just manifested it. And he was kind of crazy, kind of out there. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that. Richard Williams uh, is played by Will Smith, which, come on now, can't go wrong there. I'm sure, there's always somebody that's going to disagree. But anyways, uh, the movie mostly follows him and his out there unorthodox methods of navigating the world of like junior tennis and pro tennis for his daughters, Serena and Venus. Um, I don't want to say too much because the movie is still so new. Uh, and I would definitely say it's must see. So trying to stay away from the spoilers, but even if you aren't a big fan of sports or tennis, it's impossible not to be a big fan of all time greats. And that's exactly what Venus and Serena are. So, you know, the, the story's just there, regardless of how you feel about sports and tennis. But see, my dad has always been an avid tennis player and fan. I mean, he's, as long as I've been alive and can remember, he's playing tennis, you know, three, four times a week. So I grew up watching tennis matches and hearing him talk about, you know, players and their backgrounds and I remember watching Venus and Serena. Obviously, they were older um, and just dominating. But I, you know, I remember watching them play a lot and my dad trying to explain to me how impressive they were and how like 
technically sound their game was and just how important they were to tennis. But like I was just a little kid. So it was all just going over my head. But the movie really helped put their impact on the game and sports and culture into perspective. And I think that's what the overall goal of this film was, was to show non-tennis fans how massive Venus and Serena were and still are to tennis and just the sports world in general. Um, Man, there's just so much more to say about it. Like I said, I hate spoilers um, and I don't want to ruin it because it did just come out. So I'm going to, I'm just going to leave it there. Um, Must see overall. I'm giving it seven out of 10, maybe a little bias on me. Cause it's, you know, all stuff I'm interested in and someone know about, but it's a, a good, compelling story of success and overcoming adversity. So go check it out. You won't be, you won't be disappointed. But with that, that being said, that's, that's all I've got for today. Um, so as always, thank you so much for, for listening, taking the time out to, to support me and wavy pack. We all, you know, we work hard to, uh, to bring you guys this content and just do it. But you know, We'd love to do it. It's fun. Um, but anyways, I hope everyone has a great, a great Thanksgiving week. Uh, if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving or whatever you do or don't do, I hope everyone still has a lovely week and a, a lovely holiday season. So until next time, y'all, peace.